0: I realize that the listing matters. What I realize is that when you're hiring, if you're not doing it the right way, you're hiring out of scarcity. Like I need someone and I need them staff So the listing is probably just hodgepodge, honestly. And it may not even be exactly what you need them to do, but you're just trying to get something up or maybe you copy paste it from someone else's listing.
1: Welcome to Hiring School, a weekly podcast about recruiting for non-recruiters. I'm Jackie Koch, and I have over 15 years of experience prospecting talent and building teams for Fortune 500 companies, startups, and small businesses in all different types of industries. I'm the founder and CEO of People Principles, where I help founders scale and lead their teams with programs, courses, and boutique agency services. My goal is to simplify the hiring and team building process so that you, founders and not-so-solopreneurs, can implement modern, effective, and efficient hiring strategies that help you build the team that you want to help you scale. If you can't seem to find the right job candidates or simply don't know where to start, you're in the right place. Now let's get started. Welcome to the Hiring School podcast, all about recruiting for non-recruiters. Today we have such a special guest who is an incredibly talented entrepreneur and also happens to be a friend of mine, Aisha Marshall. Aisha can literally do it all. She's a content strategist and branding expert who's built and scaled a full-service marketing agency, and she's the founder and creator of a beautiful fine jewelry brand, White. She earned herself a spot in Forbes 30 Under 30, I believe it was last year, and she also graduated with a law degree from ASU's Sandra Day O'Connor Law College. Literally, she is a brainiac. So I asked her to join me on the show because alongside her co founder at the time, they built a robust team, including full time team members, freelancers, and a whole bunch of interns. She actually had a really amazing internship program, which is what we talk a lot about on this episode. We dive into what it really takes to hire and build a team and also really get into the meat of how to hire interns and how to actually find great interns on college campuses and what they did to do so. It's super interesting stuff I actually never even thought of and I've been recruiting for a while. So she definitely drops a golden nugget at the end and it's one that I'm taking to heart and I'm sure you can implement in your own business as well. So you can follow Aisha on Instagram at Aisha, A-I-S-H-A, to keep up what's coming up next for her and check out her new jewelry line. It's beautiful. So now let's dive in. Hi, Aisha, and welcome to Hiring School Podcast. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having
0: me. I'm super excited to be here just with you in like this capacity and watch something we've talked about come to real life.
1: I know it's crazy. We're finally doing it. Okay, so I want to start by giving the listeners a little bit of information about your background. And I'm going to add a little interesting twist on what I want my first question to be for you. I would love to know what your experience was like in the workforce from the perspective of being an applicant. Like, do you remember interviewing for jobs before you were a business owner? I do. And I remember bombing
0: interviews and I remember... Like the ones that I did well on, I'm like, they're going to hire me.
1: You (laughs) you remember leaving like, I got this one.
0: Oh, a hundred percent. The only one time. And this is just like, this is really my ego talking. So don't anything I say right now is not actually Aisha. (laughs) But I remember leaving one interview and thinking like, wow, like for sure I'm going to get this job. And then I got a decline and I was like, what? And then like a month or two later, they called me back and they're like, could you actually, we thought about it some more and we'd like for you
1: to work here. Did you already have a job or did you? No. <laughs> did you go back? Did you start I did. working there? did. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. That's not
0: the part of the story I want people to remember. I want people to remember that they called me back because I knew
1: I got it and they knew. You were so confident. That's amazing. That's amazing. (laughs) Well, I have to imagine that there's some of the lessons that you learned in interviewing that you probably, hopefully applied when you were starting to hire people for your business. Oh, hundred percent. So would love for you to take us back to the beginning. When you were starting your agency- What prompted you to even begin your own marketing agency?
0: I was already doing it on the side for like my friends and family. So I went to the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism at ASU. And that at the time, I think it still is, but I don't know. With the state of how journalism is right now, I'm not even sure what's what. But at the time, it was like the number one school in the country for journalism. And so also simultaneously at that time, Newspapers were ending, and like this sounds like so long ago, but it's like actually not that long ago. <laughs> and like, newspapers are no longer in existence. And it was like the rise of the like civilian reporter, meaning like everyone had their phones and were like posting stuff on Twitter and like breaking news. And so, because of that, there's not a lot of ad spend going into media companies or at least like your traditional ones and so people were getting their jobs cut so what they were teaching us at that time was to be everything if you're a mm. reporter you would be the reporter you'd be the videographer you would be the marketer you would write the beats you would do everything and what that ended up teaching me how to do was marketing right sure. that makes sense and yeah and so we would even have to like write create blog posts and like get them live and get interaction and views and get traction and like that was all part of the grade and even though it was for like a new structure I had one creative class that like pushed us to do it and I created a blog called if you ain't cheating you ain't trying and it was like
1: <laughs> <laughs> how do I bunch- not know this I'm, I'm learning I so like much.
0: actually haven't shared this like with anybody I don't think and <laughs> yeah. it was a bunch of stories about like how people got cheated on and they found out that the person was cheating
1: oh my goodness how many blog posts did you write there,
0: there was a few and mine were like personal experiences they like anonymous
1: <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> like
0: that's amazing my experiences okay anyway so that's how I got into it awesome. all, that, all of that to say that's, that's how amazing I got into
1: marketing. so you were yeah. doing it on the side and you're like I should just do this as a business exactly so you launched it and I know, you know, you launched it with a partner. So I guess technically that's a first hire or a partnership, you know, that's a topic for another time for sure on how to make that decision. But you guys are trucking along. When did you realize you needed to make your first hire? Like what was going on in the business and how did you know you needed to hire somebody to join you?
0: Yeah. So I feel like there, this is my hindsight self talking. Like at the time I was like, I'm just doing so many things. I need help with a bunch of different things. And I was like, I need help with administrative things so that I can continue to be the executor in my business. But that wasn't solving the problem. That was just pacifying the problem. I didn't need to be an executor. I didn't need to continue executing in the business. I needed to work on the business. So I needed to hire another executor. So I say all that to say the first hire was an administrative assistant and or the first hire that I'm thinking about when I realized this was an administrative assistant to kind of help me get my bearings together.
1: Sure. Do you feel like it helped? Even though looking back, you realize that you probably needed something different. Do you feel like in that moment it helped you at all?
0: Yeah, a little bit, but I always felt like maybe just one more like month when she gets the hang of things, I will feel like better Mm. or the next month, like it'll be so seamless. Like I was just always looking forward to some sort of relief, but I wasn't actually getting relief because it wasn't the administrative stuff that was holding me up. It was literally the work stuff that was holding me up or taking so much time. The administrative stuff was just stuff that I also needed to do. Like it never really took much off my plate. And now that I think about it, we had a hire before and that was to help like with the work and stuff, but it was more like contract vibes. So I don't really
1: count, you know? Yeah. Well, I do think when you're a smaller business, you do have to make that decision, right? Yeah. Like, do I hire a full-time employee or do I just need part-time contract help? Right. And I have to imagine in the business that you were running, some freelance contractors probably supported a lot of the business. Is that accurate?
0: Yeah. Freelance contractors for sure did. And we have, we had some people that were like interns to like full-time, which was like a huge stress and those were executors. So let me rewind. We had a girl that we hired from intern to full-time and that was like our first hire, but she was already like running things, I guess. So that's how she turned into part-time to a hire. But then when we hired we continued to replace that person, which was like a high turnover position. But then when we hired the assistant was when I was like, mm, I don't know if this was the right Got thing. It. Got yeah. it.
1: So when you started doing hiring, and it's, I believe you guys had a, like a batches of interns that you yeah. would hire, right? I mean, so many people want to hire interns for a variety yeah. of reasons, but I would love to know, I guess, what were your reasonings for hiring interns? And then I want to talk about the hiring strategy, maybe you guys started out with, with that hiring and then how you maybe changed it as you guys learned. Oh,
0: totally. So for interns, we would do them per quarter, which was nice. And eventually we got to a process where it was like all automated and they would have some sort of assignment to do. And we would look at it and see if they like even knew what they were doing because it's in the marketing space and everyone has all most marketing tools at the tip of their fingers. Everyone feels like they can do it or because it's like, so it's, the visuals are pretty. No one really wants to put the hard work in. They just like how it looks. Anyway, so that's our vetting process, a little assignment. And then we would get a bunch of interns. Sometimes we'd have 20 a semester. And
1: applicants my, or, or you would hire 20 people? Hire. Oh, hire. wow.
0: And applicants, we would have a ton of applicants. And sometimes we would just hire everyone that applied, honestly, because like we needed the help, the hands. And it was just nice to have sure. people. But my criteria for hiring somebody would be two, three things. But if we're just talking about on the applicant side, they would have to make me not want them to leave. Like they would have to make a mark so, so well that I'm like, oh, if she leaves. Like it's going to make my life harder because she's handling he or she is handling so much or is doing so well. And then the other part is like, do we need to fill that position or like, can we afford to hire
1: another person at this time? Got it. So yep. those would be the criteria you would look at for somebody who's already supporting you.
0: Yeah, um, from an and, intern perspective, yeah. Okay.
1: Did you guys offer paid internships? Were they unpaid? How did you compensate them? And how did you decide on that?
0: They were unpaid and for school credit. Because they were for school credit, we didn't do a stipend in tandem with it. But there was some interns who, like I can think of maybe three who did a second semester and we're like oh you're so good and then a third semester and we were like we don't want them to leave but we know that they're not going to stay another semester so we would offer a stipend. Interesting Mm
1: -hmm. that's a really good approach for sure and probably something that a lot of listeners don't realize is that you can partner with schools to provide internships for school credit. So what did you have to do to get that set up? Do you remember?
0: Every school is different, but I think because I'm a Cronkite alum, we usually will hire from Cronkite. And all I remember doing is filling out a paperwork for the intern and like showing my, that I'm a business with my like website. And like, and okay. then somebody has to be like the main point of contact for the school. Sure. Then you do like some sort of evaluation, like how well did they do? and things like that, but nothing too strenuous. I do know now those schools will have you go through this portal and like a bunch of back and forth that kind of takes a long
1: time, but sure. Yeah. Did you guys post the internships on any school websites or where did you post internships?
0: So the Cronkite school, and usually schools will have a listing board where you can post and then the students will just go. Like I remember being a student searching that job board for like internships that paid, but a really cool marketing strategy, which we had never implemented because it it was around COVID, going to the sororities and like pitching about what you do and showing Mm. what you do. Yeah. And then you're kind of just like in that ethos for so long. And because like sororities have like bigs and littles and people that they mentor people will put in their Facebook groups and say, hey, I did this internship, it pays or it doesn't. And this is what they're hiring. So
1: it's like, you get a good batch of people. Sure. And that it's, way. What a good networking opportunity for sure. I never would have thought about actually going to the sororities. How would one find their contact information? Were you in a sorority?
0: No, our project manager was. And Ah, so so she was like, yeah, she was our in, but I got the idea from another agency and I was like, how do they get the cream of the crop interns? Like what do they do that we do not do? And then come to find out they would go and
1: do like a Mm. presentation. I do think that people forget that when you're hiring, there's a little bit of marketing from like Mm -hmm. an employer branding perspective that you have to do, you know, we're no longer living in this world where people are desperate for jobs, obviously with this market. And so there is a little bit of going out and marketing yourself that you have to do that takes time and effort and creativity. And that's such a good tip. I would never even thought of that. And I've been doing this for a very long time. Yeah,
0: you actually reminded me. So our project manager, she was a in a sorority and she would tell us that what other jobs would do. And then I started to remember like when I was interning and like what jobs I would wanna be a part of and why. And the, like the thought process is so like, messed up around it cuz it was really for the looks. Like even in law school, if you worked at a firm, they would give you a backpack and like you would see the people who had jobs at right. law firms with the backpack. And all I wanted was to work at a firm that would give me a
1: backpack. <laughs> and so inexpensive, such an inexpensive right. way right. to get your marketing and name out there. Exactly. So what we did is we invested in
0: boxes and we called our internship program CLU and it kind of looked like saved by the bell vibe. And oh. you got stickers that you could put on your like hydro flask or your laptop and a hydro flask is what well. Like just things to make it feel like cool to be part of. Wow the internship, because the internship game is so competitive and you want quality people.
1: For sure. For sure. Well, I feel like we should keep talking down this internship <laughs> route because I have never been an expert in intern hiring, to be honest, yeah. nor have I developed an internship program. And I get a lot of my clients who ask me about how to do that. And those yeah. are that is such a great tip. like create swag for them and make them excited about your company. So they're out talking about you, but then you also want them to learn, right? Mm -hmm. Like a lot of times people want to hire interns for what they consider to be like cheap labor or, you know, easy ways to fill some holes in their company. But it is so important. Like you have to remember you're like molding these little humans to become adults and prepping them for their future careers. So what types of things would you guys try to like help give them like a true project that they owned or a little bit of like ownership over their work so that they could learn? Did you do anything like that?
0: Yeah. So what we would do at the onset is give them, there would be like a training day, which really just showed you like how to use our digital, our like softwares and things that you weren't like lost. And then we would divvy up the interns and departments and like what department you were in, that's where you would stay for the whole semester. But we would give them complete ownership over our marketing because we were a marketing agency. And if you graduated outside of that, then you can dabble in client stuff. But we would give them complete ownership over our blogs, repurposing our podcasts, posting on social media so that they can actually get the hang of things, creating artwork for social media. And then if they were getting really good, even pitching for us, like for press, for PR, if they were getting really good, then another team member would be like, can I poach so-and-so's intern like, to help me on a certain project? So that's when like our interns would know, oh, I'm advancing because I'm like actually working on a client and not creative label.
1: Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Do you have any memorable interns? I mean, you don't have to name them, but are there any that you feel really proud of and that you feel like you really helped develop their careers at all? I do, but she's
0: actually crazy enough is not in the marketing world. And it's such a sad, I mean, she's doing really well in real estate right now, as you can imagine, but she interned for us just happenstanceedly seen someone repost our internship opening. So she wasn't even at the, like, at ASU. And she literally secured, she was in the PR department and secured, like, the largest placements that no one in our entire agency had ever secured. Wow. And she was just so good at everything. Like, I think she got, like, not incel, like, teen Vogue and, like, all kinds of crazy things. And I'm like, ma'am, you are working for free (laughs) right now. I feel like I owe you money. And we just at the time could not afford to hire her and we offered her the stipend. So she did two rounds of the internship, that like same trajectory round one, like, you know, she was really great round two. She was even amazing. Like she wasn't even on the internship track. She was treated very much like an employee, which I'm pretty sure might be illegal.
1: It's not the best, but, (laughs) (laughs) but
0: then we were like, okay, we'll get ready to hire her. Like she knew you were probably being groomed for hire. But she lived in California and like, we just couldn't meet her salary for her to even like live. Mm. So I'm proud of her. She's amazing, but she's also like killing it in real estate right now. And like, that's
1: awesome. Yeah. So so cool that you can still kind of keep tabs on people too. Yeah. Um, yeah. In a non-creepy former right. boss way. <laughs> <laughs> right. right, Awesome. Well, would love to hear a little bit about what was your guys' hiring process like? I know you mentioned you had a project and maybe we can move away from the internship hiring process and talk about when you were hiring some full-time employees, you would post a job, I imagine. And what, what would happen?
0: So we would, first we would figure out like, obviously in the listing, I realize that the listing matters. What I realize is that. When you're hiring, if you're not doing it the right way, you're hiring out of scarcity. Like I need someone and I need them stats. So the listing is probably just hodgepodge, honestly. And it may not even be exactly what you need them to do, but you're just trying to get something up or maybe you copy paste it from someone else's listing. So, the so listing, you don't
1: recommend that.
0: I do not recommend that. <laughs> the listing really matters. I would literally write every single task out that you need that person to do and then make it into a pretty listing. I would also, for the listing, just from a marketing perspective, like you're trying to sell somebody into something by what they read. So we would like put really cool call outs, like you'll never have to wear stuffy corporate attire. Like we have a fun work environment. You can work from home if you want. Sure. Thing so,
1: so you kind of, what sounds like you translated what people would normally describe as a job description mm-hmm. to like sales copy. Like exactly. again, there's this mentality that I think you understand that maybe some employers don't is like the psychology behind it. Yeah. And you need to make people excited to work for you. Like you can't just assume everybody, one knows who you are, two knows what you do, or three, there are a lot of jobs out there. So why you want to call in and make yours exciting and also reflect your brand so that Mm -hmm. when they join, they know a little bit more about the brand and what's expected of them and all of that. So, yeah. Okay, cool. So that was important. The
0: listing was important. The one important portion of the listing that was huge for me is this job is not for you if, and if you check off these things, it's not for you. And our core values were on there because if I feel like if you didn't, when we went into the interview, we would ask which one of our core values resonates with you the most. And if you didn't read the job listing, then you don't freaking know. If you don't yeah. get our website, then you don't freaking out, And that's a red flag for me because our core values were super important. And one of them is attention to detail. So that matters in the marketing world. You can lose a lot of money by not paying attention. Yeah, for sure. So we would do the listing and then we would do an assignment, and it would be auto-generated. Like you would get an auto email once you fill out the application that would give you the assignment instructions. And then in five business days, if you didn't drop your assignment in the drive, then you were just disqualified at that point.
1: What did you use to create the application? Was it a just an email? Was it a Google form? What did you use?
0: So we had a form on our website that we created through our project management system that would populate through our project management system. And we can watch the process of the applicant as they go through. So think of like a type form embedded into a website yeah. and they fill it out that way. That way we can get an auto email kicked back out to them once it's filled out. And then we would be notified internally in our project management system, hey, there's an applicant and this is their status. So in five days, somebody needs to go check this drive to see if there's an assignment in there. If there isn't, we send an auto email. Hey, you've been declined. If there is, then we say, thank you. We've received your application. We'll review it and get back to you to see if you've made it to the second round of interviews. Wow. There's something about like rounds that make people super excited, I feel.
1: Yeah, I would agree. It makes them feel, you're also moving them through a process. I think it's more the communication around it, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's a really amazing application process for the average entrepreneur. They may not know how to set that up. Who on your team set that up? So we
0: walk through the process and we're like, what do we want this to look like? And then I just, our project management systems click up. So on ClickUp, you can literally find consultants and we just paid a lady to like connect the integrations. Yeah.
1: Nice. So we had
0: all the copy. We had the questions, we had the email copy and she just literally like plugged and played everything for us. That's amazing. Um, If not, you can do that all
1: manually if you would like, but you know. You totally can. And there's also some really great, they're called ATSs, applicant tracking systems, like software is built for that purpose out there that are fairly reasonable as well that you can use that I typically use as well. But if you're already using ClickUp, you might as well utilize that and implement it. Okay, so then how many interviews would you do? It just would depend
0: on like how many people we thought were like good. If we looked at the assignment and we're like, nope, then we just don't even bother. But if we're like, hey, this person's good. Well, I think at one point we did like up to five to like seven interviews for one position because everyone had done such a great job. It was like really
1: hard. So you interviewed five to seven applicants is what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. And then you would meet with them and how many other team members would meet with them?
0: We would have three other team members on. So our project manager and then at the time, the other co-founder of my agency.
1: Would you do any sort of reference checks or anything? Do you have opinions yes, on reference checks? I do. I would do reference checks, even though like I've been my friend's reference
0: checks before. <laughs> <laughs> I would do them when they got to the final round, just to make sure that they kind of checked out. I feel like every time I've done one, they've kind of been pretty spot on about the person. Sure. Maybe if they were with their friend or not, I couldn't tell you, but usually if we're about to offer you, we'll call your references.
1: Do you have favorite reference questions? I have one, a couple of mine. Do you have any that you like to ask?
0: It just really depends. But sometimes the two most recent times where I called someone's reference, they were leaving that job. So I was like, why are they leaving? How do you feel about them leaving? Were they like, oh, not you at all? And the two of them were like, we're just like actually really sad to see her go. But like, you know, I support the things that she does. Blah,
1: blah, 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 blah. It's usually a good sign when somebody gives you a reference for a job they're currently at, right. just in general. One of the questions I love to ask references because by the time you're doing references, it's very rare, and I'm sure you would agree, that you ever don't offer someone a job because of references. Like mm-hmm. it, it happens maybe once in a while, but not typical. Yeah. And so the references are really used to like verify information you've gathered during the interview process or to help inform you on how best to like manage this person when they're on the team. Mm-hmm. And so one of the questions I really like to ask is do you have any suggestions or recommendations on how their future manager should manage this person to bring out their best work or Mm. something like that because then you kind of get a glimpse into like how they are how they operate and like sometimes they'll say oh they really like to have consistent check-ins or you'll get some information that you can then share with the manager which helps with onboarding leads me to something else I wanted to chat with you about such an important step in the hiring is, of course, who you hire and who you decide to hire. Mm
0: -hmm. But
1: once you've decided to hire them, like onboarding them is so important, right? And they can make or break a hire. And I know one of the things we've talked about is how learning how your new employees feel recognized or feel supported yeah. is so or like to be communicated to can be so important. I know you said you had a learning about that. Do you have any suggestions to listeners on how to get to know their new team member and properly onboard them?
0: I think it would be cool if especially if you're virtual but even if you're not virtual because for like the second half of the agency it was all virtual because of COVID. So, I would include some sort of personality test in the onboarding that they don't realize necessarily is like for me to personality type you but just to like help them understand you and you understand them because I feel like if you say oh you're going through a personality test you're gonna be like "Mm, that feels weird but if you do there are different like Enneagram things that you can integrate into the workplace so everybody kind of knows how everyone like likes to be communicated with or communicates or things like that motivators with the team because if you don't know what their motivator is and you don't know how they like like to receive praise or acknowledgement. I feel like those two things
1: are they breed not a great work environment for the employee and including that in as part of the onboarding is such a great tip. I have a employee starting soon, which I don't know if I told you, but I no. do. Yeah. And that's going to be part of what we do is having her take the strengths finder assessment, which I think is so important to know what people's strengths are so that you can really like play to them. Yeah. And then there's also a great book with a a quiz. It's a version of the five love languages for the workplace. And so it helps you understand how people like to be recognized because how I like to be recognized is probably not the same as how you do or, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's just so important to develop those relationships for sure. Yeah. It is super important, especially like from a
0: managerial standpoint, we had somebody on staff who probably should have been fired. A long time before we got to this point, but we literally were like, there's no motivator. My project manager and myself were like, I don't know actually what motivates them
1: to work. Did you ever find out? No. Did you ever ask them point blank?
0: Yeah. Like, what is it that motivates you? And I guess it sounds like money, but it's like, you don't, I don't know. We didn't know what their motivator was. And that was kind of like hard to navigate, especially our project manager. She was the one that expressed the most frustration She's like, I can't get her to like take action or follow through, which we had a a three strikes you're out rule, basically that everyone kind of knew. So once you got to the third one, they were just like, okay, I'm going to leave now. Like they just knew. <laughs> they ought to um, know. Yeah. yeah. Knowing a motivator. And then the biggest example, that, the biggest learning that I had around this was we, when we had our project manager, she was so amazing and good at what she did and was like totally bought in and, and I would show her praise how I like to receive praise. So I would give gifts, but like, she actually didn't care about gifts. She just wanted words of affirmation, but I would never give any words of affirmation. You know what I mean? So yeah, she wasn't feeling seen at work. And I'm like, what? I'm just like dropping money on you left or right, because I appreciate you so much. But she's like, I literally don't give a damn
1: about that. But I didn't figure that out until it was too late. So interesting for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, circling back to that employee that you felt like you couldn't just not figure out mm-hmm. how to motivate her, it would have been interesting if you had implemented some sort of a a tool like the Enneagram or, or or something else to see if she even was excited about that as like a growth thing because it yeah. may just have been she didn't care and there was nothing that could motivate her. Some people just don't like their jobs or, you know, there's different reasons why some people aren't motivated. And I think like, if you want to have a team and a company that cares a lot about growth and development and honest conversations, you can learn so much about how engaged people are in the process if you implement it at the company. So that would have been interesting to see if she even took the test because if she didn't, you'd be like, yo, this is part of working here. Like if you don't like it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, would love to just have one quick question about any best advice. I mean, I know you've been in the trenches. We've had a lot of conversations when your agency was just so busy Mm -hmm. and you needed to hire people. You've been in the trenches up till three in the morning doing work. Like what would be your best advice to other small business owners on how they can scale and hire teams, like any like two best tips or pro tips you'd give them?
0: I do have a good one. And this is probably not a traditional route of thinking about hiring, but it's my biggest lesson of all time. If you are in a service-based industry, you should be tracking your time against how much you're billing. And this may go over people's heads, but that's okay. If you feel like that, then ask for help from somebody. But If you're in a service-based industry, which we were, you should be tracking your hours of you and everyone that works there. Run that against your billable hour and see how much you're charging per service. If they're working more per your billable hour versus what you're charging that person, you're losing money. And if you're doing that and you do it long enough, you can average out when you need to hire somebody new. When you bring on a new client or a new service or anything, you can be able to forecast a hire. And that way you're not hiring out of scarcity or lack yeah. and just putting anybody in. You're hiring with intention. Your hiring can be slow. It can be thought out. You can find the right fit as opposed to hiring from scarcity, hiring from lack, hiring because you're at your wit's end. And then you probably also don't have a good amount of time to dedicate to onboarding that team member. Right. And then That's you're great. setting a terrible foundation. So it's it's a roundabout way to say like your finances and your tracking your time and forecasting will set you up for the most success. And a lot of small businesses will be like, I'm not there yet. No, like you should be tracking your time when it's just you solo dolo by yourself, because then you'll know when you hire somebody like an assistant or like another executor, you know, on average, how long it should take that person to complete that task.
1: And how? that's great advice. Really good advice. Because I think, especially in service-based businesses, I will even say for myself, I don't do that. And it's easy to say, well, there's no like end deliverable or, I mean, I guess for marketing, there would be, but it's easy to blame being unable to Mm -hmm. track back metrics. And that is such an easy way. And if you do it in a way, it's all about how you communicate it to your employees, right? And if they know that it's, well, easy, and it's not like a big brothery, because it, I do feel like there's some employees who might feel like it's a little big brother and not like that. And and some people don't like to be micromanaged, but if you're really great on explaining why and how mm-hmm. it helps the business and how it helps them, I think it can be super effective even at a really large agency. For yeah. sure. Yeah.
0: Well, we had to, the point that I would drive home to my team was that, look, If you are feeling burnt out, I cannot help you if you are not tracking your time because I cannot find inefficiencies in your time, or I cannot say, Hey, I thought this client only takes five hours of work per week. Turns out it's 10 because X, Y, and Z. Let me bring another team member on this account. I can't, I don't have any of that data to do that. So Mm -hmm. like, you're not actually allowing me to help you the way you need to be
1: helped. Yeah, for sure. That's great. And what's the second piece of advice?
0: Oh my gosh. The second one is higher, slow, fire, quick.
1: Mm-hmm. Best advice.
0: Yep. Fire the moment, you know, you know, and it's not wrong.
1: Yep, for sure. And there, you can have candid conversations. Mm-hmm. You can be honest and all of those things, but I definitely agree, you know, yeah. higher, slow, fire, fast, for sure. Well, this has been lovely and this I'm so amazing. I loved learning about the inter I loved learning about it all I learned I can't believe we haven't chatted about a lot of this stuff before which (laughs) is crazy so thank you for coming on the show I know there's people who will so benefit from your experience and implementing some of these strategies so thank you wondering how can we tell the listeners how to learn more about you follow you connect with you do you even want them to just
0: (laughs) (laughs) right now you can just find me on my Instagram and that will lead you to all of the things and my Instagram is A-I-S-H-A Aisha
1: wow you got first name
0: first name I didn't really get like I didn't sign up first no one had the name and this was way back when you can like actually contact somebody at Instagram. Wow. So I found a contact and I was like, Hey, no one has this username. And I'm running this business. I was in college. All I had was a blog and it's my name. And I can't like promote my business because I can't like, there's just too much confusion in the market. (laughs) That
1: I can't believe that worked. And also that's very baller. So congrats to you. Awesome. Thank well, thank you again so much for coming on the show. And I can't wait to have you back to dig into more things about hiring and building teams. So thank you so much. Well, thank you. And I'm so proud of you and congratulations on
0: launching this podcast. So anytime you. you want me back, I'm
1: happy to be here. Amazing. All right. Thank you so much. And thank you all for tuning in to this episode of Hiring School. Thanks to Aisha for being with us today. You can follow the podcast on Instagram at The Hiring School or on our website called hiringschool.com. Please follow us on Apple Podcasts and leave a review, and we'll see you next week.